0: hello and welcome to the pirates fan forum here on dk pittsburgh sports podcast network i am your host gary morgan with me as always my good friend jim stam how you doing brother
1: good man dude we got a lot to pack into this episode don't we we got all kinds of topics we got a, a a new guest we got a young a young buck with us today don't we
0: that's right. Somebody who's coming up with the team right now. Grew up in misery, and here he is. <laughs> Austin. Not, miser-
1: not Missouri. Misery.
0: Austin is with us. I'm going to let him say his last name because I'm still bad at it.
2: Oh, Ravis. <laughs>
0: all right. I- yeah. I'll get it by the end. By the last thing, right, yeah. I'm going to say, this dude, Ravis, go check him out. I'm going <laughs> to know it by the end, like the back of my hand. So, yeah, we're going to talk about a ton of stuff today. First thing we're going to talk about. The elephant in the room, Mitch Keller, Mitch Keller. I mean, Jim. How long we've been saying that it was gonna be crucial to lock him up yeah. in, in this whole thing. I mean, do a little bit about how you feel and feel free to to bleed into why it was so important.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, like um, I think everybody's been waiting for this for a while now. Um, you know. Uh, What struck me first about it was it seemed to me like both sides would want to get this done, right? Because the Pirates know how critical Mitch Keller is right now to this whole situation. And I just kept thinking from Mitch Keller's side, you know, every time you go out there, you are risking something bad to happen with your, with your elbow, with your forearm, something in that regard. And so I just felt like, man, there's got to be some real middle ground. They, they should be able to meet here. I'm glad it got done before the season started. Um, I think it gives that just a little bit of a a boost to everybody, a shot in the arm, (laughs) considering what, what came out, you know, the day before, which was the exact opposite. So, It's funny how that stuff works out on a personal level. I'm super, super happy for Mitch Keller. By all accounts, he's like like the, the best dude, good teammate. He's had the ups and downs. He's gotten ran over in this league, and a lot of guys don't make it back from that. So good for him. Good for the Pirates. Good for Pirates fans. I'm happy about it, man.
0: Yeah, I I agree, man. There's not a lot to hate. Austin, what do you think, man? Like, This is kind of starting to come together now. You probably are seeing this firsthand for the first time. They're starting to extend some guys and create the team that they're ultimately building for your generation. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty happy they got that done with Keller. Um, Yeah, I was a little worried if they didn't get something done with Keller that you know, it was in his hands this year to have a great year and put him outside of the Pirates price range. And right now he was just in the, you know, the middle range. So, um, you know, he, his performance last year was up and down. So that's why they were able to do this deal this year with him. Um, I mean, if he would have pitched like he did from April to the All-Star break the entire year last year, I don't know. He might be worth more like $100 million this year. I, I don't know. but. um I'm really glad to see it, you know, three years in a row now, locking guys down with uh Hayes, then Reynolds, now Keller. So we'll see what happens going forward, but they've got that big three core down now. And I'm excited to see where it goes.
0: Right. And we'll talk about the, you know, the other extension candidates probably on another show, Jim, because I don't want to add more to this one, but it's right. good to get those three. And I think Austin hit on it there with, with Keller, the thing for me, it, it was a too much of a risk to let this season go one way or another. If he, if he had a mediocre season, I think you'd probably have a little consternation about whether he was a guy you want to extend at all. Right. And if he was really, really good, I'm not sure that they would have gotten it done. I think you let well, a guy yeah. get that close to smelling free agency. I already think they were in the danger zone for this, By by the way, you let a guy get that close to free agency. I think they probably traded on a little bit of goodwill that they built up by letting this guy have as many opportunities as he did.
1: Yeah, if he would look, there's 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 risk on both sides of it. Um, and that's that's just baseball when you get to these points of contracts and um, what you want to do with a guy. Um, I think- you mean, you
0: don't instantly do them because you have a negative article come out about you.
1: Oh, like just, yeah, like PR, where you just, oh, man, something bad came out. Let's whip together an $80 contract.
0: Bob sees an article and slams his fist on the table and says, get
1: it done. uh, Gary, nobody would be ridiculous enough to think that, let alone put it out on Twitter, let alone get hammered by a family member because you thought it. That would just never happen.
0: I mean, I would think if something like that happened, it would probably be AI generated because it's so out there.
1: No way it's like onion, it's like the onion stuff but um yeah no and look on the flip side is you know, you think about it from Mitch Keller's perspective i tend to like think about it from the player side of things is like yeah. he's 27 slogged a lot of innings last year uh he's going to be 28 soon it would probably be the worst time of his career to have that kind of injury uh, sure. you know a major arm injury you're talking like then he's oh, got bro, a, he'd
0: be Woodruff. He'd be Woodruff. Yeah, yeah, Over yeah.
1: Down. Right. So there's some financial security on his end of saying, okay, you know what? Maybe I could get more. But I don't want to risk that either because if if I could be pushing 30, tr- still trying to get a big contract, it, and that's if I get healthy and bounce back to the way I was. So." And-
0: And Austin, you got the signing for five years, $77 I think it's really four years something because Mm -hmm. they're kind of just tacking it on after this year. So they basically bought one year of arbitration, three years of free agency, right? Yep. So, I mean, all in all, the contract is pretty appropriate, I'd say, right? I mean, do you feel like they underpaid or overpaid? It felt like a really just good deal from both sides here, really.
2: Yeah, I think it was good because... You know, Mitch gets some security. I mean, like you were saying, this would be the worst time for an injury to happen. If he gets injured, you never know. I mean, he could go from getting $77 million to, I don't know, an $8 million or a $10 million tryout for a year, you know, like a free agent. You never know how he is after Tommy John. Like if something like that happened. Yeah, because the reality is on the other side of it, if he goes out this
1: year and just absolutely destroys it, And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with him. But if he did that and he leaped up into that next tier of pitchers, think about the numbers with that contract. So I'd much rather be taking a risk on this side from the Pirates saying, does, if it doesn't work out, you know what? People have spent money in a lot worse ways to, oh, my God, he's looking for a $200 million contract because he... He looks like Garrett Cole now.
2: Yeah. And I think I was going to say that if he, you know, came out in Florida this year, they they see that price range and they go, okay, I guess we have to trade him for what we can get for him because we can't sign him long term. And if he came out and stunk, then they're going to be like, well, this stinks because now we just don't have a good pitcher. You know, it was lose-lose for the Pirates if they didn't get it done this offseason, in my opinion. Right.
0: I totally agree with everything that we've said here. Everybody collectively, this is a good signing. We're going to come back after we take a quick break. I think we have a few more Keller things to pick up on. Like Michael just put something in the chat that I want to make sure we get out there, too. So... Get the app do remember it's free and uh make sure that you're following jose negron over there too he's doing a lot of work down in spring training putting a lot of videos up there of everything going on and uh good stuff so far so michael from 412 double play podcast he says highest aav for any pirate and biggest contract for a pitcher in franchise history very true. They do seem to want to set a record with every contract every extension they do, don't they, Jim? It seems like there's got to be something they've never done before. That said, my goodness, the the hill they had to climb was was intentionally short.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> where where was the bar to begin with? So, um, look, we we know what pitching costs. They did the right thing here. I think what's going to be interesting is is he's going to be – Keller's going to be starting his second straight opening day. And now, you know, if he's healthy, he's got a chance to do that now for two, three, four years in a row. And earlier today, maybe maybe someone out there that can uh, do some homework on this, but, like, I wonder what the record is for the Pirates in the modern day, at least, um, not back when flippity – do did it in 1896 started <laughs> five straight opening days but like you know i wonder what that is because it seems like we can't go a year without having a different starting opening day pitcher
0: it's certainly been a while i mean that's I, I bet i don't even think we've seen one probably sa- repeat since jeez i think
1: i think it was like I saw something quickly on Twitter. It might've been like 12 years now since we've had a repeat.
2: I, and maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, I think that's what
0: I can't even me. think of who it would have been. Would it it have been seems AJ? like every
2: year that someone's getting a first time as the opening day starter video yeah. or something out there. Yeah
0: it's good to have a little consistency there. Let's talk a little bit about the core that is taking shape because that's really ultimately what this signing means. Right. And, uh, Michael says it was Liriano from 14 to 16. That makes sense.
1: There we go.
0: Uh, regardless, well, good uh, job, Michael Casey likes uh flippy do weasel. That's Hey,
1: you. listen, go look at his stats, man. <laughs> Impressive.
0: <laughs> so anyways, uh, Let's let's talk a little bit about this core that's starting to come together because that's really what these signings mean. Every single one of them has been a weird hurdle. Thing is, I don't even think we asked for Hayes. It just kind of happened. You know, um, I personally wasn't ready to start calling for extensions for guys yet. It was just a pleasant surprise that they did at the time. Reynolds, on the other hand, you know, we felt was a real pivot point for this team. You know, if you're not going to keep him, then we aren't that close, right?
1: And I think we felt the
0: same way about Keller because you have to have something established internal, you know, and I'm glad to see that they put a foot down. That's what it feels like to me. Keller's the foot down. It's okay. We're keeping it right here. He's our stability point. Everything else may move around him, but he's staying. Yeah. Austin, uh, what does that say to you as far as team construction goes? Do you think they're moving a little too slowly to lock up some of this core? Or do you think the cautiousness
4: is the smart approach?
2: Um I think they're doing a pretty I don't know. It's kind of as I would expect them to do. I mean, with the Hayes, the Hayes signing, I remember catching me off guard when it first happened because it was like, whoa, they're they're signing somebody. And the Reynolds signing was more caught off guard because of all the Drama that led up to it with the agency. Um, but this, I mean, this Keller signing, it kind of made sense. You know, they've been talking about it. Um, like when I saw the notification pop up today, I wasn't really surprised, but you know, I was, I was pleased with it. Um, and I think there would be more urgency, um, this year to get like a, I don't know, an O'Neill Cruz signing done if he didn't get hurt last year. I mean, it all depends on how a season went last year. If he went out last year and crushed it, I mean, I think everybody would be pounding the table for it right now, but yeah, I think right. it's a little more cautious right now because as much as everybody says he looks good, you really don't know. He could come out this year, and I mean, I don't want to say that, but he, he could be really bad this year. I mean, it's it's very possible, or he could be amazing. So I think that's more of a wait it's, and see. Um, yeah, I I think too, like,
1: is this is a really interesting dynamic to baseball and um, how teams – Hand out contracts, especially with maybe younger guys, is it, it, You look around the league now, and Hayes might even be a perfect example. Let's say he repeats what he did at the you know the last half of last year, and does that this year. Man, that that is going to be a steal. Will he regret that a little bit? Look what the Braves do. Look what Acuna signed for, and my goodness, he 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 must feel like he's playing for free at this point. I, you know. And so the 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 hidden um the hidden caveat to all this is is it really probably comes down to the player themselves, what they're what they're comfortable with and what what makes them feel better. Do I want do I bet on myself and I'm just gonna let it ride? Or do I want some of that financial security for whatever reason and I'd like to get it now? And that's the balance that really comes down to the personality of each
4: player, I would think.
0: Douglas has a good point here, too. Uh, Charrington's contract signings seem much more already proven than Huntington's. I don't know if I can 100% say that yet, because I don't think Hayes was all that proven yet when he signed his extension. Um, I think he had proven that he was defensively capable. I think they thought At the very least, he was always going to be a tremendous third baseman as far as like fielding the position. But I don't know that they they
1: could bank on that.
0: Yeah. I don't know that they could have possibly known what the bat would be. And in many ways, I'm not 100% sure we know right now what the bat could be. So I don't know. I don't know about calling him proven. Reynolds. Yeah. I'll give you Reynolds. Reynolds, he's been up and down, but I think he always falls within a pretty a pretty predictable range, you know, he's going to be in there somewhere. And yeah, I think in many ways, what you're saying is probably true. I don't think that they would go after a cruise right now, unless he was, he came to them like, Hey, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do it for like real cheap. <laughs> like- yeah.
1: Cause you just don't know. Right. I mean, you don't know how that, that part of it plays out. Um, right. Um, cruise, is somebody that, Hey, if he has a great year, fantastic, I'm happy. But then I think he might want to pump the
0: brakes. Like I keep seeing this too, like the initial thing right after Keller, because people are never happy. Immediately. It's like, you know, we, 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 now we go back to the Bauer thing, guys, you just got to give up the ghost on this, man. It ain't going to happen. In fact, that'll be the last time I talk about it on here. At least I'm done. Like (laughs) that's not going to happen. It just isn't. I also saw people saying immediately that we had to go ahead and, and up Bednar now. He's the next one that people want to, want to come up with. And, like, I, Pit Danny here says, who's the next big contract? David Bednar keeps coming up. I don't know, man. We talked about that a while ago. I, I don't know how I trust a closer as far as that goes to, to sign him for you know, as long as you would need to, to consider it to be an extension. You want to dump a couple years on the end. I can, I can do it, but I wouldn't be giving him like five, six years or anything. In fact, I'd be pretty comfortable with the length they gave Keller just was, way less.
2: What was the contract they gave uh, out of curiosity, the Vasquez contract a couple years ago, because they extended him for a couple of years.
0: Wasn't it six years, Jim, five or you six know, years?
1: Uh, I, also t- I don't I don't remember I think it was it just came the off the year, last year so five year range
0: that ought to tell you something probably it was probably longer than that somebody will tell us that too I'm sorry I didn't prepare myself on he who
4: be name
2: well, <laughs> <But> <laughs> well I'm just saying know, I mean, that, that was the last time they extended a the closer you're right I mean, but other than that I mean it's just I tough because
1: you know when you've got a when you've got an organization that um Uh, chooses to um, dole out contracts very, very carefully to put that into a closer. Um, When we've just mentioned names like O'Neal Cruz or Jack Zawinski, I saw in the comments, things like that, guys, that those guys got to take precedence, man. Like They just have to. No matter how much you like David Bednar, he's a closer.
0: Resident Research Wing here, four one two double play podcast. Four years twenty two point five million for he who shan't be named. Wow. So that was a pretty damn good deal, actually.
1: I I yeah, <laughs> looking at that like holy smokes.
0: Damn Neil, damn Neil, good job. Yeah. Um,
1: well <laughs> no. for a for a minute (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: it is what it is though i i think the core is starting to come together i do think they have some options i could see them maybe let's say henry has a good year behind the plate i could see him being a guy that you start thinking about i could see Cruz have a decent i do think (laughs) Cruz needs to have a decent year i do i would do it now i just don't think he would and after you know some of the things that you've started to recently discover about how international players come to, to be signed and everything that happens to them on the way here and all the people that take bites of the apple on their way. Uh, I'm not even trying to talk a, any any international player into signing something like destitute cheat, man. I don't want any more tabitas, You know, Let the yeah. guy just get paid. I, I think I'd like to see one more year of him. If nothing else, I want to know that he's a shortstop or not. If he's not a shortstop, that's a different price tag. I'm sorry, it is.
1: Well, I see I see uh Pit Danny also says Jack needs to have a forty home run year. Well, Jack, I don't know how old you are, but the last time the Pirates had a forty home run hitter was nineteen seventy three. So um, <laughs> you know, cool your cool your jets, man. Like that that, they were, that, they were that really hasn't close a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been close. But you know, just just so we're aware, um, I think if Jack hits anywhere close to 30, I think that you can feel pretty darn good about Jack Sawinski at that point.
0: If Jack hits anywhere near 40, he too is going to be in this conversation for an extension. So um, the other thing I think that, that we've learned um, is this team in particular it is extremely important to them that you are not just a good player, but you are a specific type of person. They have a type and it is somebody that works their butt off and they quietly lead. And they do- <laughs> now I think that causes issues in that clubhouse. Cause I don't think they have some vocal leadership, um, but they clearly paint it as the ideal. They have a lot of quiet leaders and that's what they like. And maybe that's in the mold of Andrew McCutcheon. But I still think they need a little bit of boisterousness, and that sounds to me like, according to Alex Stump, that's what Rowdy Teles is providing in that room right now. So, hey, maybe there is a little bit of a benefit there that uh, we weren't thinking of. Yeah, guys I, do need that.
1: You, you, they do. They do have a lot of similar types. Hayes, Hayes, Keller, and Reynolds, man. Um, you know, there is. Even keel as you could possibly get. Um, I I tend to think that individually that's a good thing for ballplayers because it's so, it's such a hard game to play and he, he, Jack's kind of the same way too. You know, like you, you just have to ride everything out because it's going to be a grind. But Even Davis and Skeens are kind
2: of like that too with the
1: yeah yeah, um, but. Every once in a while, you need an A.J. Burnett to say, do you see this baseball? Do you see this? Because this is going directly up your rear end. And, uh, <laughs> you know, whether you like it or not. And those are, you do need a couple guys. Now, David Bednar has some bulldog in him. But, you know, um, it's nice to have a couple of those kinds of dudes.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So let's talk about some some negative stuff. Because we have to. The athletic um and steven nesbitt and who was the other guy rosenthal Mm -hmm. is it rosen
1: yeah yeah
0: they wrote the the piece together at the athletic uh basically just decimating uh bob nutting and and the organization for you know losing and here's why they've lost and they did a lot of good investigative reporting if you um don't normally listen to it and didn't already check out North shore nine the other night, Uh, last night they, they had Steven Nesbitt on um, for a long ass time. So, I mean, they're going to tell you a heck of a lot more about the article itself than I'm going to bother doing here. If you haven't read it at this point, chances are you don't care. So I don't (laughs) think you need me to start repeating it to you and reading you quotes from it. I'd rather talk a little bit more about, you know, the reaction side of it and, And Jim, it seemed to me like a lot of people kind of um, decided right away from the headline they were pissed and they were just going to go after it. Um, I personally didn't feel like I learned very much from it, so I wasn't really excited about um, what I knew it was going to do to the fans, basically. There wasn't a whole lot new in there for me, really. And, And I don't say that to be like braggadocious. It's just the only thing that I really learned from it was the 30 K thing for delaying a trade. That's the only story I hadn't heard. And that,
1: that, and for me, the other little nugget was the the paying for the weight room facilities. That part, I also did not have a, uh, an idea about.
0: Yeah. I mean, I did, but I, I knew that from even the Rapsodo machines they bought last year. So I could go yeah. a little further if you like. Like that stuff doesn't surprise me. And I I guess I just didn't really think about it all that much. Um, It, it was appropriately negative. I'm, I'm glad that somebody wrote about it nationally though. I felt the timing was odd. You know, we're, we're like right before spring training. Like when I think most teams and baseball in general are trying to build up a little bit of optimism. It just feels ill-timed because The team is on the up track right now, and there's no denying that. Talent-wise, they're on the up track. They will be a good team. Maybe not this year, probably next year. You're after that. You're after that. They're going to be on the up track for a while here, just looking at the roster and what's coming. It's a weird time to be talking about that. feels like it should have been like 2019 talking about everything falling apart, you know?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, Austin, go ahead. I, you know, I don't want to talk all the time. So you go, man. What do you say as a young as a young fella going through this? Like, I don't know when your pirate fandom started. Um, uh, but this would kind of be your first like, okay, um, I'm an adult looking at this. What does this mean to me
2: as a younger fan? I mean, I was I was definitely a fan for all the you know the 2013 to 15. Like I was just a kid, you know, enjoying it. But you don't you
4: you're, you're thinking
1: of that different now than definitely. Yeah, yeah so that's different. why.
2: Yeah, so go ahead. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like like Gary said, I uh, I wasn't surprised by anything I saw in that article, and yeah, I, I am in that you know that right now looking towards spring training getting ready you know there's gonna be real baseball There was real baseball on today dodgers padres you know there's there's stuff going on this weekend pirate game start and you know i'm i'm ready to get things going and they are in the right direction right now i think they are doing a better job you know a lot of that stuff was on some developmental stuff some drafting stuff and you could even there are some recent things like already the 2020 draft year where you're kind of like, eh, was Nick Gonzalez maybe the best pick? I don't know. That whole draft class was kind of eh, like at the top of the board. Like, not a lot of those guys really around him even turned out to be that great. Um, So you can look at it that way, but I don't know. Talent-wise, they're in a really good spot. I mean, yeah, the Cincinnati might be higher than them in the farm rankings or, you know, but they've got young, controllable pitchers like one step away right now and I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of those things people said about in that article about the ownership. And I feel like you could probably say that about a couple other teams too. Um, probably a lot I'm of sure other teams, did, yeah. but it, it just, yeah, I agree. If, I feel like if you want to put out an article like that, put it out last November or, you know, or something like that, It just, I don't know. I don't think they really needed it. And now it is giving people a reason to bash the Keller trade today or the Keller extension, not trade. <laughs> um, Give him a reason to bash that because they say, oh, it's just a PR move. And, oh, it's just a – even though his own brother came out and said it's not. Yeah, but- that's
0: the shame of it because it's good work. The, the piece was good. Mm-hmm. And, and it was well thought out and really smart and a lot of good stuff in it. Like I think, Jim, there was some context in it about um, the difficulty in changing philosophies for development.
1: That's, that's you know, where I want to, want to go.
0: But I think that's, that's an interesting thing that it probably gets glazed over because it's lost in, in the shuffle of, you know, Bob is cheap, Bob is cheap, Bob is cheap. And he is. But you miss like some meat that I think is important there about that development aspect of it. It's probably impossible to, to say that Ben Charrington is successful at developing players or not. Right now, I we have what two or three of his draft picks here right now. You know, you yeah. got Carmen Majinski and and Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez. I guess you could count.
4: And yeah, that
1: that proved the developmental
0: coming. win on Keller. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, I, the, they, the real proof on all that is coming here very shortly. So, sure, uh,
0: I think like eight years from now. Yeah, I'll be able to go. Ben Charrington's uh, regime was terrible at developing. I just don't know how I make that argument when everybody he brought in for the most part hasn't been there. So I, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure that I, I'm not hundred percent sure that I can get there. I like it being documented. It was interesting to me that there's been some bucking against it by some of the internal coaching staff. I knew that to be true. I knew that John Nunnally did that. Um, I think that probably has more to do with him being fired than working with Cabrian Hayes, but they, they tended to go the other way with their conjecture. Um, I don't agree with Andy Haynes being the top of the food chain here, but I well, have not liked several bosses I've worked for and you kind of have to yeah. do what your boss wants. So and,
1: Yeah. And they're, and they're married to it for better or worse I mean you go down with the ship I suppose if that if if that's where your convictions are I, I will say just like overall when I look at the article coming out and look I don't know like there were a lot of like sources in there and they like that takes time to put together I don't know what kind of timeline they were on you have bosses that tell you I need this done by this or we want to get it out so who knows like it, it came out now it is what it is the one big takeaway I do have from it is, is like um, I will never, I I will never um, put, I will never poo poo uh, somebody coming out and saying, Hey, look, or is somebody doing enough of what they should be doing? Are they going to continue doing that and shining a light on that? The flip side to that is, it rips open scabs for fans and there's a lot of, uh, pirates PTSD that comes out when something like that does come out.
4: So, I mean, for,
0: for like, you know, selfishly, um, I just don't, I just don't like what it, what it does to people that aren't here to be pirates fans. They're here to torture pirates fans. It just gives them bundles of burning twigs to throw it wooden houses. That's all. And I, I think that it was uh, a well done piece. That'll be misused mostly.
3: Well, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it won't I mean, do every-
0: anything. It won't do anything to change anything. The Everybody has an agenda. It.
1: Yeah. That's a big part of it is, is when I, when I sat down and I read that part of it brings up to me, which is, okay, get angry at Bob. But man, you should be angry at baseball too. Like this is this is what they allow. This is what they they give owners on a whim. I'm just gonna shut it down for five, ten years and do it this way. And yep. you know, you've got a third of the league taking that approach. There's no parameters in place. I mean, this so yeah, be mad at baseball.
0: It's just funny timing. Like, like Austin. Here we are. We said we're on the upswing, right? You, you get fans riled up about stuff that has happened as far back as 10 years ago, right? And it's still going on to a certain degree or, or things aren't improving in a certain way. And I get that. It's all valid. But you're not going to be able to deny what's happening on the baseball field. And you're not going to talk fans into now that they're getting better and watchable taking out their anger from four years ago when they weren't now. That's why it's ineffective because it's not going to do anything at this point. Fans aren't going to boycott something that's actively improving. They just aren't.
2: Most of the comments from stuff yesterday I was seeing were, you know, people that only come out when the pirates stink and they're the ones that are like, Oh, this is why I don't watch this team or this is why I haven't been here in 15 years. And, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And most of the people that, have been rooting for them have been sticking by their side all that kind of stuff we're just kind of like like how we're saying man eh. you know we know this stuff like it's nothing new it doesn't change anything we know this going in we suffer through it you know and we're gonna keep rooting for them because they're you know getting better they're improving they're younger they're they're innovating a little bit better maybe I don't know they're they're more exciting to watch than they were last year the year before and you, you just have a feeling that trajectory is just going to keep you know going up and, and yeah it, it,
1: and what i've always said too is like look the people that say i'm out right i'm done like baseball the whole the whole thing is screwed up bob exploits it i can't support them anymore fine i totally get it i walked away from baseball after the strike in, in the 90s, because I was so upset with how things were done. It took me a little bit to come back to that. And I can respect that. But it's like, while they're doing that, they're also like commenting and needling about it and trying to get under the skin of fans that simply want to enjoy the game and want to follow the process. And they try to make it look like you're stupid because you do that. And to me, that's not the cool part. I don't hey, look, you want to walk away. fine. yep, you know, i'll I'll leave you alone. but don't get on here and and um, if someone has to comment about the team and they didn't mention Bob Nutting that now you're somehow gonna drop some knowledge bomb on someone, you're you're
0: you're not I, I mean, I say this all the time, but when when there is another playoff game at PNC Park, and there will be at some point. Every single cheer is going to sound exactly the same. And the guy sitting right next to you sucking down Miller Lite after Miller Lite will be the same guy who was online telling you you were a moron for believing two years ago.
4: Mm-hmm. No, that's definitely
0: it, And you true. won't know. And they won't know you. And it. Won't, now they might know me. I don't want them to, but they will. And, and then they'll just walk the other direction like somebody does when they see us at Pirates Fest, Jim. <laughs> but, uh,
4: <laughs> mm.
0: but uh, it, 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 honest to God, won't matter, because at the end of the day, you're, you're going to be watching the Pirates do something that you've been waiting for them to do. That, that's all. Will they ever win it all? I wouldn't make that promise if they had the Dodgers' budget. Yep. You know I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make the promise for the Dodgers this year. I mean, even though the, even though the Padres just decided not to show up for this first spring training game, like that to, <laughs> first inning, re- I think it was eight nothing,
1: <laughs> like, to reinforce everyone's fears about the Dodgers right away.
0: Yeah, it. I just, I don't know, man. I, I, all in all, the article was good. I hope people understand that I'm not saying it wasn't good. Thought the timing was a little strange. There's some good stuff in it. Um, I think it's worth a read. Do so you should you should read it for yourself too you shouldn't listen to what other people tell you unless it's Stephen Nesbit telling you exactly what he wrote on North Shore 9 <laughs> have that and listen to that if you enjoy the audiobook version right but in all sincerity it it just it wasn't revolutionary to me it wasn't anything that raised my eyebrows i just i kind of moved on from it almost sighed just knowing what i'm going to deal with because of it that's well, all yeah
1: we think of it in a little different terms. I think, you know, I will say it does remind me that not everybody is super, is, is super plugged in as maybe we are. And, hey, um, if there was something news to you in there and it upsets you, then you do have a right to be upset about it.
0: Sure. You can be as upset as you like to be. I just ask again, what are you going to do about it?
1: <laughs> what's, and I'll ask what's baseball plan on doing about it.
0: I, I hear all the time, like, uh, well, don't go, don't go, don't go. They don't care. It won't matter. It won't change yes, anything.
2: that's a comment I saw. Was, oh, and yet 30,000 people will still show up. Opening uh, and, day. And,
0: and again, I'll say, are you going to choose now to not show up? <laughs> like when the team's actually kind of getting good? I don't think so. You won't. You won't. And if you do, people will come from afar to watch O'Neal Cruz for him.
4: They and both it, have
0: to be wearing yeah. black
1: and gold. And if it were as simple as fans not showing up to get rid of an owner, it just it's nothing structured that way anymore. It's just it, not. It was so, it, it
0: hasn't been structured that way. I mean, yeah. like unless unless an owner goes out and does something overtly stupid and criminal, and even then they can sometimes get away with it, Robert Kraft. Dan
1: you know, Snyder. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you, you do something. really But fans aren't making that happen. The league is. The other owners are. The other owners don't want to deal with the stain that you are. But if you're just abusing the roles that they all voted for together, they don't care. Because no. they might be the one abusing the roles next year. Why would they say they, anything?
1: They all love the freedom of, of, of what baseball allows.
0: Um, yeah. They, the other thing really I saw do. from this. The other thing I saw from this article, I want to hit before we go to something else because I do want to move on to some baseball soul searching, which is making a lineup.
1: Oh man, That's <laughs> <ass> in trouble.
0: <laughs>
1: but, we're going to try to cram that in in, a, in the third segment, Gary. It's going to be
0: fine. It's going to be fine. All right. The last thing I want to say was people were, were talking about Bob Nutting basically again voting for the CBA. Yeah. <sighs> Guys, you have to you have to understand that one person voting against it is never gonna happen in these leagues. It just isn't. It doesn't happen that way. You're not gonna be the one ostracized person. You're just not. Nobody wants that. Nope. You know why? Because that is how Bob would lose his position or get forced out by being the one stooge that decided to stand against it.
1: It's gonna he doesn't want to yeah it'll take something like the new labor agreement comes up and enough of them huddle in a room and say look we we gotta do something but no one's gonna step out on their own and just you know bear the brunt of that they're just how much
0: further could you go than we did in 2019 for real we had people standing outside pnc park picketing we had reporters writing our team not his all over the place we had People like asking the, the mayor to check in on if there's anything they could do to boot him out of the team and get and and hashtag force him hands to sell it. around
2: PC, PNC.
0: <laughs> yeah. threaten to revoke the lease. Like uh, we, uh, lawyers looked over the contracts to see if there was any loopholes. They could, what more could you do? What do you think's changed in four years that, that all of a sudden now you're going to do something because you read an article. You're going to do nothing if you don't want to watch baseball don't watch it like that's all there is to it don't watch it
1: if, and if you don't can't e-
0: stomach it don't do it yeah, and
1: don't expect people every time they want to talk about it to mention all the things that are completely obvious to them already which is we're already playing with one hand and foot tied behind our
0: backs and i'm getting all animated like anybody watching this show thinks that way anyway so yeah. <laughs> let's take another break. Let's come back. Let's do some some, some real baseball there Oh, some lineups lineups. All right, welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim, Gary, and Austin with you, and we just got done talking about a really happy subject and a really down subject. Now we're going to talk about a fun subject because what is more fun about being a fan than building a lineup, Jim? We could do it every single day and come up with a different mix every single day of what we want or think is the best thing. So let's approach it where we all kind of take a run through it. Okay. Okay. And you're going to have to pick your starters here, right? Right. So here's how we'll do that. If you have a platoon situation, call it out. Say you have a platoon situation and you need a lefty righty lineup. Okay. Uh, If you don't, if you just think you want to run an every day out there, you know, and defy everything that Derek Shelton believes in and dreams about that. Then, <laughs> then I think uh, you can go ahead and just put that out there too. I think we're all probably going to have some form of a platoon lineup though. Right. Most likely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I try to keep it as, cause you can, it, it's, you can get really complicated with this cause there, there's a lot of combinations
0: right. and, and whatever. So, I bet um, we could tr- do the first four pretty easy together.
1: I'll try to simplify mine as much as I can and just say if I'm on the fence about it being a platoon situation. So,
0: will you go first?
1: Okay. I will tell you. You know, sitting here, um, it's tough because you know it, I think. The, the collection of names are better, right? As you sit down to do it. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. The, the, the ceiling is, is higher. My problem comes in is like, do the pieces necessarily fit in the lineup where you need certain things, you know, and people look at lineups very traditionally and untraditionally now. So, um, uh, you know, I thought so about You're this leading off Roddy
0: Telez is what you're trying to build up to.
1: <laughs> hey, Kyle Schwarber. We're going to do Kyle Schwarber 2.0.
2: Dan Vogelbeck.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've i got Cruz leading off. I, I, I put him at the top of the lineup again. I've come around as a uh, older baseball fan to thinking of one thing with him is he's he's your most talented guy. I want him to get as many at bats as he can. I want him to I want to run him to the wheels fall off, which they did last year before we even got to run him. So <laughs> I've got I've I've got Cruz up there. I want him to jump start things. I think he'll get RBIs regardless. The power will come wherever he's in the lineup. So I went with Cruz leading off, obviously playing shortstop. And I also think that this lineup. Doesn't have an ideal guy to put there anyway. So that's why I went there. Gotcha. Uh, Second, I've got Brian Reynolds in left field. Third, I've got Kutch and I've got him DHing. Fourth, I've got, and I, this is, I struggled with this one too. Fourth, and I'm putting a lot on this young man's plate. I know that. I've got Henry Davis batting cleanup.
0: All right. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. I,
1: I, I, you know, I just I, – I, I I, I'm going to see if he can handle it at the beginning. Um, and I want to extend that line up a little bit if I can. So I'm going to put Henry at cleanup and I'm going to see how he responds to it. Do you want me to go through the whole thing and you want to do top four and then we'll round it out
0: at the bottom? You're you're way different than me. So keep going.
1: Okay. So fifth, I've got Jack Winsky. I've got him in center field. I've got him batting fifth. I I think you got to keep the power somewhere right in the middle. And, um, and then I want to protect him a little bit behind that, and that's where I put Hayes. Um, I, 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 I'm I, comfortable with him somewhere in that fifth or sixth spot in the lineup. After that, I've got Rowdy at first, and that's where you can get into the situation with uh, Connor Joe or Triolo or however you want to play that.
4: Okay.
1: Um, right field, Tellez is a first baseman. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. I didn't mention it. All, I've got all of Arison right and rounding it out. I've got Peggy at second.
0: I like it. I like it. We'll talk about it overall, but let's get everybody's out here first. Austin, have at it, brother. Your lineup.
2: Okay. So uh, um, like Jim, I uh, started off with Cruz at shortstop. Um, Yes. I'm thinking like
1: like a a young, a youngster.
2: Yes. (laughs) Well, I like Cruz leading off because, well, we don't know what he's going to look like on base yet, but I mean, if he can steal bags, I mean, he's going to get pitched around a lot. Um, It kind of, it kind of goes back to what my, I mean, I I guess it kind of hinges on my second player. I I like having Reynolds in the two as well um, because I think it's hard to pitch around Cruz if you got Brian Reynolds right behind him. So right. they kind of have to throw them some more pitches. And if they do pitch around them, maybe Cruz still second base, you got Brian rounds right there to help clean them in. So I like those two right at the top. Um, I too have Couch in the three hole. Um, I like what I saw from him last year. I mean, he's not maybe the ideal free hitter, but he got on base a lot. Um, yeah. He seemed to come up right. in big situations. Um, he's not
1: going to, he's not going to end an inning for you.
2: No, you, you know, I agree. Um, then I'm a little bit straying off the path a little bit. Four is so...
0: Uh-oh. He, he froze just as he was talking about. Uh,
2: Austin. <laughs> um, Austin, come back. Oh, Austin, no. There's a lot of options there.
1: Austin, Austin you're going to have to start back. over yeah, either at either four. You
0: froze up, brother.
1: Bob start Dutting, over at four. Bob sorry, Dutting Dutting sorry. It was kind of not... He sensed yeah. you
2: at four. Yeah, he was um,
1: afraid of what you were going to say.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for four, I was saying, I I think it's a little tough this year to side for four. There's a m- lot of different ways they could go with this. They could do Davis, like you said. Um, they could do Sawinski. Um, I had Rowdy tellas in here. I mean, I, I, I don't know how well that'll work out. Um, I mean, if he could find some way to get back to that, well, I don't know, 30 plus Homer potential, I mean, that would be... A good cleanup hitter, you know, hundred plus RBIs. I think he had a couple years ago. That that's a cleanup guy. I mean, that's that's who I'd want in there to finish up that out. But that could change for me. But right now, that's just what I stuck with. Um, Obviously, playing first base, and then I have uh, Key Brian um, in the five hole. Um, He had a really good year last year. I think he deserves to hit high enough in the lineup. Maybe not top three, but if they put him one or three, I could see that as well. Um, and then I have Jack Sawinski behind him. Um, he's got enough like pop that. that I think he should be high enough in the lineup. Um, seven, I have uh, Davis. Um, maybe need to see a little more before of him before I uh, move him up any higher. But I think he has the potential to move up as well in that lineup. Um, and then in the eight, I actually didn't hear what his eight hitter was he because it, it kind of cut out. out. He said Peguero. Who'd you no, say? Peguero was
0: your nine, huh?
2: Peguero P- was my nine. Oliveris yeah. was my eight. That's my that's G- who eight. I have at eight.
0: Okay. So I guess it's my turn Attention. to do a
2: lineup, then, huh? Look.
0: My turn to do a lineup while Austin's internet resets itself. Well, Austin, <laughs> is yeah,
2: Sorry. Full <laughs> max headroom on us here. Yeah, I just right. said Oliveris at eight and Peguero at nine. So.
0: Okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to get through mine now. I think, I think this is a little different. I think they're going to go with O'Neill Cruz. So I don't believe the pirates are going to agree with me at all.
1: Yeah. Like this is, this is, I think maybe that's something we need to say too, is like, this is us setting the line, us setting our lineup, how we might do it. Not necessarily how we think the pirates are going to do it.
0: This is us ignoring them altogether. Right yes so i would lead off andrew mccutcheon his on-base percentage i think um is going to make him a very productive member of the top of that lineup and i think he'll set the table for everyone else if people want to pitch around him kutch is more than happy to let them he'll get on base he can still steal if he wants to or he can just be on base i i have no problem with that as my leadoff hitter and i think he is capable of uh helping turn the lineup over too. Um, you know, once you actually get rolling. I, I like him being up there and it allows me to use crews where I really want to use them. So number two, I'm going with Brian Reynolds. Uh, I think Brian Reynolds being a switch hitter is the perfect number two hitter for this team. Most consistent. He can hit for power. He can hit for line drives. He can draw walks.
4: He'll he be number two. everything.
0: Yeah. I see no reason why Brian Reynolds wouldn't be number two. Number three for me may surprise you. It is Jack Sawinski. Mm. I want Jack Sawinski in the number three hole because I think his power is going to play up top a lot better. And when he studies what's going on with the pitchers in the first inning, it does not help him. He needs to just get up there and hit. (laughs) I think he actually gets inside his own head. So I'd rather just get his at-bat out of the way early. My number four hitter would be O'Neill Cruz. Because I think if inevitably it does get to the point where he's leading off the second inning, I don't have a problem with that. And I think he can set the table for everything else that's coming. I have to break up the lefties. So the next one is Cabrian Hayes. And I think him batting fifth, he's a good kind of hitter for fifth. Five is kind of like two. You need somebody there who can get on base, make contact, keep the lineup moving. I like the idea of having him there. Then I would go Leo Ver Piguero. <laughs> I think.
3: Whoa.
0: Leo Ver Piguero has, has power and speed, and I love that more towards the middle of the lineup than the bottom. Then I'd go Henry Davis. Rowdy Teles would be next. And then I would finish it out with Josh Palacios.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple, couple couple thoughts i had touch initially at leadoff and then i just said to myself 37 achilles elbow i'm not looking to run him into the ground i i i will trust his eye to keep an inning moving later in that in that same thing that's why i and i that's why i, I moved him out of there i had it initially um, the I don't disagree
0: I, with any of that. By the way, I I just think yeah. he'll walk so much that, and I think like that's something he is has just become it's, a technician at.
2: It's it's yeah. It feels september. like if I
0: put him in leadoff and I told him I wanted him to draw a hundred walks this year, he could.
2: Yeah, I, I like that. I just, I think too though if he's in the three hole, you know. Like if he draws a walk in the three hole setting up for the cleanup. I mean, you got Cruz and Reynolds in front of him. You never know if they get on base. Like you might have a grand slam opportunity for your cleanup hitter. I mean,
0: see that was part of my thinking too. I'm kind of tired of the meat of the order wanting to draw walks. That's why I put Jack Sawinski and O'Neill Cruz and and Cabrian Hayes in there, back to back to back. Where did you? Have, I want uh, them to produce runs.
1: Where did you have? Uh, you had Hayes at five, and then Jack. No, you had. I um, have Jack at three. Yeah, Jack, that, yeah, Jack at three.
0: Jack at three, Cruz hey. at four, Hayes at five, and then I went Piguero six.
1: That's right. Okay. Let me <laughs> tell you why. Let me tell you what my thinking was. You were talking about Jack. I was trying to keep Jack toward the middle of the order, and I had him at five, but I didn't want them to be able to pitch around Jack. I think if you can keep guys that have to, throw to him and keep him with a little bit of protection. I thought Cabrian Hayes would be perfect for that behind him and that you can't just move around Jack and Oh, by the way, you've offset that left, right thing. So that was my line of thinking there with that. Austin, what's your takeaway from from Gary's
2: with Gary's, uh, lineup. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, uh, Different. Um, I do like some of the reasoning for those things. You know, I, I think, um, you know, I think they have the ability this year to maybe do something different. Like if they were to do something like what Gary said for his lineup, I feel like they might be a little deeper um, in some of those later spots, that a guy like Pugero could move up to like a six spot or a, um, and a guy like Rowdy could be low low enough um, where. I mean, I don't know where he hit last year with the Brewers, but I mean,
0: uh, mostly on the IO.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then not at
1: all when he played. Yeah. Wah, wah.
0: Like well, Pirates Queen here, she says, however, you make this lineup, there's so much potential if used correctly, you're going to have some big results. I think that's kind of what I learned. We had three distinct different lineups here without any talking about it beforehand and we came up with three completely different lineups, and I'd be pretty happy to try all three of them out there. And and, and I didn't even get into – like, Hayes is a, a decent leadoff option.
2: Yeah, I had Hayes at leadoff originally. In my original, like, thinking of it, I had – I think I had Hayes and then Cruz and Reynolds, and then I think I had Cuts in the five hole. Uh, but I think Cuts is valuable enough that he probably still should be top three, but – I mean, if they tried it, Hayes, Hayes, Cruz, Reynolds, or like Hayes, or I had Hayes, Cruz, Reynolds. Oh, yikes. That'd be different. <laughs> Hayes, Reynolds, yeah. Cruz, somewhere, something mixed like that, um, with cuts lower could be interesting as well. But I, I seriously think like our thoughts aside, I think they, they like O'Neill Cruz as the leadoff hitter, but I, I'm curious to see if they'll do it against lefties this year or not. If they will think of a Hayes or cuts at the top against the left-handed pitcher, if they'll run Cruz out there all year.
1: Wow. Right, and and that's the thing too. Like I really did try in my lineup to keep that lefty righty stuff going on. Sure. because I do think it's pretty crucial now with the way you have to use relievers. And so you know, you got the Cruz being his situation. Reynolds can switch. then you've got two righties, then you've got uh, in Cutch and Davis, then you're back to Jack as a lefty, then you're back to Hayes as a righty, then you're back to Telez. And I was trying to really be mindful of guys that maybe on base percentages are not not really where you want them to be if right. they're going to be in, in crucial spots. And that's why I had Piguero down low. And that's even why I bumped Hayes down just, just a touch because I felt like he's a good enough hitter that I still think he can thrive um, in a good spot but he doesn't have to be the guy to try and get on all the time.
0: I would say like most lineups in the league, despite popular belief, they're pretty living organisms. Like they tend to change a decent amount. The Atlanta Braves are really the only example that doesn't, you know, they tend to, to stick with, with their starters. They leave them in their spots. They don't really mess with them much. They swap out a catcher every once in a while.
1: I That's, guess when you're awesome, you can do that.
0: Well, awesome, but also thinking differently because they're bucking a, not just a baseball trend, a sports trend. They are the one team that is out there saying, no, F all that rest. We're going yeah, to we pay guy, for these well, guys, had, and we're going to kill them if we have to. Right?
2: They had four yeah. guys last year who played 162, I think. Or
0: yep. It and, like and it's definitely there. a trend that they are the only ones doing. And so every they're either smarter than everyone else, or it's the reason that they're dying in the playoffs. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really, really difficult to to say whether it's smart or not. They certainly have the talent to win, but at some point someone's going to start asking why they're not getting through the playoffs then. And then you have to look at, well, what are they doing differently? Well, the one thing they're not doing is this rest stuff that everyone else is doing. So, The lineup's going to change and Derek Shelton's got a propensity to do that anyway. That said,
4: yeah, I think he's
0: also shown us when he feels like he's got a spot for you. You ain't changing. Like we, we call Brian Reynolds number two. I don't think any of us even bothered messing with it. Not only is he the perfect fit for it. Yeah. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's where he's going to be. We're going to put him at number two. So, You know, part of me almost doesn't want to mess with Kutch either and just leave him three because you're probably right. That's probably what they'll do, right? (laughs) So, Yeah. When he does lock in on guys, he he tends to lock in on them. So he doesn't change it constantly there. You know what what we got to do,
4: Jim? Yeah, we're going to
1: do call your shot. shot. Real quick, though, I want to say, like, it'll be interesting, Gary. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll just revisit this right before the season starts and see if we have changed our minds just in anything because of spring training and how guys have looked.
0: <laughs> Jason has one funny question here. Biggest question, who is going to be that one guy that Sheltie continues to play while the fans call for his head? Hey, that's, um, not, a
1: bad, that's not a bad question. That's,
0: that's a great question. Somebody should do a call your shot next week yeah <laughs> <laughs> look me up jason online and and do a call your shot because that's a great one for real um and then Jason wants to know why he hates Cruz as a leadoff hitter, probably because he's a stereotypical cleanup hitter and and anybody who's over the age of thirty so um it bothers me th- still to this day, but I know it'll happen, and I know that Jim's right about why it'll happen <laughs> but um. And it's the same reason Acuna leads off in in Atlanta. It's you know it's the same reason Altuve leads off in Houston. It's TerMar will probably lead off here. You know if if he hits the way he's supposed to. So I think the game has changed. Yep. And that's the best way you can put it. Time for call your shot, which as always is brought to you. By our friends over at Shop Yins, I got the hat on.
1: I can't even do this. This is how dumb I am. <laughs> there, there. I, what? I, I, for anyone just listening, I'm trying to point at the Yins trademark on the logo on our screen. And I'm <laughs> too stupid to figure it out. <laughs>
0: well, it's there. It's there. I promise it's there, Jim. So All let's right. do it. It's uh, it's our friend uh, JP Bucko Pillsbury Joe Boy on Twitter. Um, Jonathan, oh. yeah, he was on with us last week, so. I'm gonna play the the theme and then we'll get back to it. All right, so JP Bucko, Pillsbury Joe Boy says Is Triolo more valuable as a utility guy than an
4: everyday second baseman if the position race there is close this spring? It's a great question, Jim. It's something that we've talked about as far as like Triolo making I I think his value is in his ability to play all kinds of different positions as well as the stick. And I could see him I could see him potentially like step up and earn a starting gig over time. But this year, yeah, the value is in the utility. Gotta have somebody to back up third base, he's the dude. I think you gotta have somebody to back up first base and second base, he's the dude. I think he's gonna kind of surprise you. And they're going to end up sticking him in the outfield once or twice this year, too. He can play out there. And I think uh, we'll see them explore that a little bit this year. But, yeah, to me, I don't see a starting role for him this year. So, I think utility is probably where he's most valuable. Austin, what say you?
2: I agree. Um, I think he's best fit to play multiple positions. You know um – that they're gonna give hayes days off hayes isn't gonna play 160 games he might not even play 150 you know with his injury history over there and they want to keep him fresh and so you're gonna need a guy behind him and i mean it does depend on that battle at second base i mean yeah if it's if it's close over there and you got some guys that are really standing out then triolo's probably not gonna win the job there so you need guy to get a backup over there and i gotta back up first and but I think he's good enough that if he proves himself in spring this year, he could find himself in the lineup every day, just probably not the same position every day. He might be a third today and then tomorrow at second, but kind of stay steady you know, in the lineup. Um,
4: right. Like Jim, Josh it's the
0: Harrison. right. It's I was just going to say Josh Harrison, Jim. It's the classic Josh Harris, Harrison argument. Josh Harrison was a really, really good utility player. And then when they made him an everyday third baseman, he was a below average everyday third baseman, right? Yeah. So is that what you're doing to Jared Triolo if you make him an everyday anything? Is he better off bouncing around, filling in spots? Some guys are. Some guys are made for that
1: yeah i mean you you you're talking about value right so value to teams may they may measure that differently than like can you just play one spot and do it decently you know um I also to to try to stay true to form to the question and Austin mentioned this, which was in that question they mentioned if the competition is close well yeah. if it's if it's close. Then Jared Triolo is not my guy. He's got a bigger role than that, and um, he will serve the team better than than that. He would have to just absolutely rip it away from someone. Otherwise, I think he's going to have to play his way into that role and prove that they just can't, they flat out just can't keep him off the field in one way, shape, or form.
0: It's probably the best way to look at it. And there's one more topic going on in our chat here that I want to bring up before we get out of here today. Um Pirates Queen's talking about it. I guess uh her husband Scribner there, he he screamed out about JVM, who's the next JVM. She doesn't think any player starts out looking as the next scapegoat. She's right. Unless they do. And <laughs> um, I think like somebody like uh Ismani Grandal. Could, could wind up being the guy that people get upset that, that they play. I think that's probably a good one. Rowdy Telez mm-hmm. has that capability, correct? Um, Joshua Palacios, somebody that perhaps they've held on to a year longer than they should have, and we'll find that out quickly. You know, there, I, there's, ways I, that there's always going to be somebody that's JVM is the point. There can will I always throw, be a last guy on your roster. Yes, you can throw out everywhere
1: you want. Uh, so. Let me throw out a name here that I will tell you that it crossed my mind today. I hope it never happens, because Pirate fans, you got to understand. Look, we signed Mitch Keller to this deal today. If you are expecting just because we paid someone finally, we finally paid someone fifteen million dollars to go out there and turn into Max Scherzer, and when he doesn't. You're going to boo the piss out of him because his ERA is around four. I I I really hope we don't get to that point where if Mitch Keller's the same guy as he was last year, it's still a good signing. I don't want people expecting, oh my goodness, he's making the money now. No, no, he's not. He still is who he is. Let him be.
0: Let well, very be technically Mitch- speaking, if that's the way they look at it. He's not making the money until next year, really.
1: Well, yeah, but they, but they won't see. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can yes. just see, you know, my goodness, let's just uh, get get educated about some things before you act like an idiot. That's all.
0: <laughs> but there will always be somebody on the roster that everyone wants to get rid of, and everyone yeah. thinks it's the bane of everyone's existence. And I'd
2: be a little afraid if we get an injury or something that they – the scapegoats can become like a I don't know Alika Williams if they end up calling up yeah, a yeah, Billy yeah. McKinney or Jake Lamb to the roster or something like that. That's when I'd get a little bit like okay that might be the guy because right. like, I have a dark horse last course. year. I have uh, a dark horse. him to come up, but
0: I have a dark horse because he came in harder than Ron Jeremy Chase Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> that dude acted oh. like such an idiot like in, in the locker room. I have never heard somebody talk like that in their first interview. What in the world was going on? What was going through hit that guy's mind? Yeah, it was a minor out. league
2: deal. He's not guaranteed anything there. And he acted like, oh, I'm here to start. I'm here to like, I don't yeah. know. I
0: just- <laughs> but he, he was like, I will destroy everyone around me. There will be numbers. No like Jim was like Jim was on Twitter, like "Hello."
1: <laughs> well, yes, I had a little. I took some liberties with that, but you know, it was all just because of like him talking like he was really there to start. I, I guess, hey, from a competitor, i <laughs> From a competitor standpoint, he he uh, thinks he's going to be in the mix. That's fine. I think Grand Grandal or Grandel is Grandal is a. A good one though, Gary, because people will hate the fact that maybe he's even just playing when they think Henry should be out there for 148 games catching. The Austin Hedges this year. And and they'll just resent him simply because it took Henry Davis out of the lineup.
0: Yeah, or David or um, Douglas Smith will get his favorite and you know. um,
1: Aroldis Chapman making a lot of money not liked if he comes in and blows some stuff he's also a big time guy that you could see scapegoated
0: yeah if he has some home run trouble like he did early on uh last year then yeah you're right there will be a lot of stuff like that um i don't know point is there's always going to be somebody uh, even the 79 pirates had somebody that that probably shouldn't have been there and and fans were tired of seeing get played and it it's just always going to be that way, especially in a market like this. But I mean, I, I remember even like the stack Dodgers teams years ago used to have like what Kike Hernandez on the team that they couldn't stop playing. Like every, every freaking game. Yeah. Know, in there's, the World always series.
1: Some, <laughs> there's always somebody that fans can, can latch on to. Hey, uh, like bullpen guys are good for that too. Come, you know, if you're, um, you make, if you're a Colin Selby and you make the team, boy, Right. Um, he he might not be too popular either.
0: Well, as long as they don't sign Colton Wong, I'm okay. So Austin, this has been great, man. Thank you. It was a good first time. I think uh Dude. really, really solid performance, brother. You yeah. definitely gotta do this again with us. Yeah, hey, you for know sure.
2: Your, you, you you know your stuff, bud. Thank you. Yeah, sorry about the little Wi Fi issues there in a little bit. I was wired and it was must have been bad connection or something, but I got no figure issues out, at so. all,
0: man. We, we understand and we deal with them all the time and <laughs> probably worse. Right. Jim?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, but thank you guys so it's much tough, for having dude. me on the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate you.
0: Wonderful stuff. And uh despite all the distractions and everything that you might see out there, people today was a good day to be a pirates fan. This was a good day. They signed a good pitcher and they locked him in place through the perceivable end of this decade for the most part that's what they've done with everybody they've locked up let's keep that train rolling let's let's keep moving forward let's keep adding to this core who knows maybe they'll beat the odds right
1: well we've got games coming up real soon here we're gonna finally get to see what it starts to look like on the field instead of just on
0: paper that's right let's give it to our buddy ben to take it away let's go yeah buddy thanks everybody